What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies The Rental and Jojo Rabbit. But first, let's talk about the movie The Rental. Here's a quick synopsis. Two young couples rent an Airbnb for a relaxing weekend, and the dream getaway is not exactly what it seems, and the couples find themselves in physical and emotional danger. I really like this movie, and the reason I was desperate to give this movie a chance and to check it out was because it starred Jerry. Jeremy Allen White. This guy is the most criminally underrated actor working today. He's been great and shameless, has lived for almost 10 years now. I mean, this guy can just flat out act. He's really good in the Amazon show Homecoming Season 1 of that, and he's phenomenal in this movie called After Everything. That's a small independent film about this guy who gets cancer and then he marries his girlfriend way too early. And the thing I like about Jeremy Allen White so much is that nobody can play rage like he can. I think the only guy that even comes in comparison is Michael Fassbender. When these guys get mad, it is so entertaining. Like, even if in a show like Shameless, where it's all funny and it's all comedy, he just takes it over with his rage. I think his intensity sucks you in. And there's this sequence in this movie, The Rental, where he just fully takes over with his rage. And I don't think any other person could have pulled that off. I don't think they would have been as interesting. And I don't think they would have been as convincing as he is. When he is mad on screen, you feel the anger. That's why I think he gets cast in these, like, troubled characters like Lip and this character in Josh in The Rental. Like, he just keeps playing these troubled guys where life does not turn out the way that they want it to. I just could not imagine him playing, like, a normal, down-to-earth guy. He's so talented at playing these guys full of rage and reasons to be angry, whether or not it's Lip because he's from a poor family or in this movie because his brother looks at him as a loser. Like, I think he's so great at playing these angry characters that more of this movie should have been him angry. That's what was special about this movie. Him. What's special about Shameless is him. Those moments where he's just fully fed up with his life circumstances. I want nothing more than for this guy to get the award recognition that he deserves. He should have multiple Emmys for his performance on Shameless. He should become a household name. I hope movies like The Rental turn this guy into one because that's a name that you need to know going forward. He's one of the top young actors working today. He should be mentioned when you talk about talent. Jeremy Allen White is simply one of the best actors I've ever seen. My favorite actors are the ones who are the most intense. The Sean Penns, the Shia LaBeoufs, and Jeremy Allen White definitely fits that description. He is in intense and I want his intense performances all day long. Also in this film is one of the most versatile actors working today, Dan Stevens. I mean, this guy works in so many different genres. Sci-fi with the FX show Legion, which is so good. It's so underrated. Fantasy with Beauty and the Beast. He was in a drama with Her Smell and now horror with The Rental. Stevens also does a brilliant American accent in this in the movie Her Smell. Stevens has been in so many good projects, yet he's not a household name either because a lot of those projects he doesn't get the credit for like Beauty and the Beast. You don't really know who plays the Beast. You just know that Emma Watson is Belle. Like he didn't really get enough credit for that movie. Legion was an underrated show that not enough people watch. More people need to know the work of Dan Stevens because I do think he's one of the more interesting actors working today. Sheila Van and Toby Huss who you might know from the show Dickinson that I talked about on an earlier podcast are also in this movie and I think 
think they both give really good performances, particularly in scenes together. I mean, their dynamic in the film is tense and it just really their best scenes are the ones where they are in the film together. Now I want to talk about the one bit of casting that doesn't work for this movie. It's Alison Brie. I love her in comedies like Glow. I loved her in Community but she doesn't work in this movie. She's giving an over the top performance. Her performance doesn't fit well with the other. She doesn't fit well with what Dan Stevens is doing. She doesn't fit well with what Jeremy Allen White is doing. She doesn't fit with Sheila Van and Toby Haas. Her character in this movie feels completely out of place like she was trying to fit in with the horror aspect of this movie her performance fits in another horror film not in this one i don't think she works in this movie at all and i get it she's a comedic actress she doesn't fit this movie i'm not even saying it's a bad performance i'm saying the performance doesn't fit the tone of the film the best movies are the movies where every performance feels like they are in the same movie. Alison Brie feels like she's in a completely different film than Jeremy Allen White and Dan Stevens. Now let's talk about the director of this film. It's Dave Franco making his directorial debut and it's a really good one. He and co-writer Joe Swanberg, director of hit indie movies like Drinking Buddies, Digging for Fire, and the Netflix TV series Easy, made a movie about relationships that's high itself as a horror film and that's what my favorite horror films do it's not about the monsters or the killers they have something to say about real life these relationships these human beings this movie is about the characters not really about the scary plot that just so happens to be in the background to get your attention also the th relationship between the two brothers played by jeremy allen white and dan stevens is one of the most truthful depictions of sibling rivalries i've ever seen they never speak on their issues, but it's obvious to everyone that they are there. The ending of this movie is okay. I didn't hate it, but it's far from perfect. It leaves you with far more questions than answers. I also found it interesting that Dave Franco wrote and directed a horror film with so many unlikable characters at times. Like, there are times in this movie where you're not rooting for any of them, which I think could turn some people off. Like, I enjoyed the movie. I enjoyed the character growth of Jeremy Allen. Alan White's character and Dan Stevens, but I didn't openly root for either of them. I think there's this debate within movies whether or not any of the characters need to be likable. No, they don't, and somebody like me who really likes movies is going to give this movie a chance, but there are some people who are going to turn this movie off halfway through it and go, why do I want to spend that much time with these characters? Now, this movie is only 90 minutes or so, so most people will probably give it a chance, but I think if this movie were like two hours, I don't think this movie would have worked at all because I would have been turned off by the actions of these characters. There was also the suspenseful aspect of like, when is this movie really going to turn into a horror movie that actually worked for it? But overall, I think not having that many likable characters in the film can be trouble at times. It's not for Dave Franco because I think he made a real quality movie with really good characters that are interesting and there was a sibling dynamic that I found interesting but I do think that there is this issue where like not enough 
people who make movies make movies with characters that you root for. Like, that's how you get people invested in their movies because you want to spend time with the characters. There's a point in this movie where Dan Stevens and the Alison Brie relationship was getting on my nerves. Overall, The Rental is not a perfect film, but a pretty good debut by Dave Franco. I definitely want to check out more films directed by Dave Franco. I I read that during quarantine, him and Alison Brie wrote a romantic comedy. That would probably fit Alison Brie way better than a horror film, so I'm really excited for that. I want to see more films directed by Dave Franco and hopefully co-written by Joe Swanberg. Joe Swanberg is such a good independent filmmaker. I hope he becomes more mainstream. I definitely recommend you check out The Rental. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Jojo Rabbit. Here's a quick synopsis. During World War II, a German boy named Jojo finds out his mother is hiding a young Jewish girl named Elsa in their house, and despite early resistance, he begins to befriend her. Jojo Rabbit was probably the most polarizing Oscar-nominated film of 2019. Some people love the movie. Some people love the humor. Some people love the emotion. I really enjoyed this this movie, and I'm going to tell you why. And first off, I got to start out with this. It was a phenomenal 2019 for one of the best actresses around, Scarlett Johansson. She got two Oscar nominations for Marriage Story and Jojo Rabbit. She became the first actor with two acting nominations since Jamie Foxx in 2004. And oh, by the way, she was in the highest grossing film ever ever Avengers Endgame. What a successful year for Scarlett Johansson. She should have took home the Oscar for Marriage Story. That performance in Marriage Story is unbelievable and equally she gave a really phenomenal performance in Jojo Rabbit as his mother. It's just a character you really enjoy being around. It's such a fun performance. I mean think about that year for Johansson. She got to be in mainstream movies that got awards consideration and got to be in a huge blockbuster. So, he, so she was able to keep her credibility as a real great movie star while also being in really good movies. That's the type of year most actors should look for. And she got to work with tremendous directors like Taika Waititi, Noah Baumbach, and the Russo brothers. That is a phenomenal year. I gotta say though, the two performances in this movie that made Jojo Rabbit famous are of that of Roman Griffin Davis and Thomasin McKenzie. In particular, Thomasin McKenzie steals this movie. She gives the best performance of this film. I don't understand how Thomasin McKenzie did not get nominated for an Oscar for this performance. The moment she enters the screen, I'm like, who is that person? I want to spend four hours with that person. It was such a likable character. It was such a character you rooted for, the character of Elsa. It was a tremendous performance, and she should have got a supporting actress nomination for it. I mean, without this performance, I don't even think I would have liked this movie, but every time she was on screen, I was like, this movie is amazing. And Roman Griffin Davis is also spectacular as the lead of JoJo. He got a Golden Globe nomination. I mean, this is one of the best performances from a child actor I've ever seen. And I think it's a hard performance to pull off playing a boy, a German boy, who is a fan of the Nazis at the time. And again, his viewpoint changes, and that's what the movie is about. But there are 
are ways that this character could come off as incredibly unlikable, and there is no point in this movie where you, the viewer, hate the JoJo character. He's misguided, yes, but throughout the movie, you are hoping that he's changed because you root for this character because of that performance. Also in JoJo Rabbit is the legend himself, Sam Rockwell, who is fantastic in his Oscar-winning performance in Free Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri, and his Oscar-nominated performance in Vice. For me, the best performance of Sam Rockwell's career is The Way Way Back. I was blown away by that performance. It should have gotten Oscar-nominated. That's when I was like, who is this guy? I need to see what he's doing. And now he's gone on to be in these Oscar films with so many good directors. He's worked with Martin McDonough. He's worked with Adam McKay, Clint Eastwood, and Taika Waititi. Let's talk about the director of Jojo Rabbit, Taika Waititi. He has a distinct style and sense of humor with Thor Ragnarok. He directed an episode of The Mandalorian, and of course he directed Jojo Rabbit. They all feel connected. They all have similar tones, even though they are vastly different. He's like a mainstream Wes Anderson. He's putting his personal stamp on giant franchises like Star Wars and Marvel, and making weird quirky films like Jojo Rabbit. There is no director like him. Again, he's like if Wes Anderson were mainstream. Like, we all agree that Wes Anderson is an auteur, but he's an indie filmmaker auteur. Taika Waititi is becoming an auteur who works in these big studio films. The guy is directing a Star Wars film. He directed one of the best Marvel films. There is no one like Taika Waititi, and even though he's making these mainstream movies, they all feel like a Taika Waititi movie. They all feel like they're made by that director. He is complete control control over these big time blockbustery franchises and can still make those weird movies like Jojo Rabbit which by the way made 90 million dollars this guy pay attention to his career because Taika Waititi is one of the next big time filmmakers when it comes to Jojo Rabbit I understand why some people would not like this film or want to see it I think it has some issues like Waititi himself playing an imaginary version of Adolf Hitler which wasn't that funny but what was effective about this movie was seeing the viewpoint of a kid who had hatred for a group of people because he was misguided change his mind when he meets one and begins to humanize them. I just love that idea that you can't have real informed opinions or feelings about a group of people until you socialize with them. Also, I like this idea that because Jojo is young, his opinion changed and then if he were older, it might not have happened as quickly or at all. I think the best scene of this movie is when Jojo is trying to convince Elsa that he is a Nazi and she goes you are not a Nazi you are a young boy who looks up to them like you're not those people you might want to be those people but in my heart to heart you're not one of those people I think seeing World War II Germany through the eyes of a young German boy was effective and all those scenes between him and Elsa are what make this movie special again the humor is all hit and miss I didn't really care for any of it I didn't really laugh at all that much but I found this scenes between the kid and Elsa to be fantastic and what makes this movie special and unique. It wasn't making fun of a group. It wasn't making light of an historical event. It was about this boy who was misguided in who he thought the heroes were meeting somebody, thinking that she's a monster, and then finding out that she's just a regular person like the rest of us. Like the letters that he writes in this movie to her, that's one of the best things I liked about this movie. It wasn't the humor. Again, there was 
was some funny moments, but overall, I don't think the humor is what won me over. I think it was the emotional scenes between JoJo and Elsa. And I think if you really give this movie a chance and you watch all the way through, I think that comes through. I think if you turn this on and you see a young boy who's worshipping the Nazis and you immediately turn that off, you're going to miss the entire point of the film. Yes, I understand why that would maybe upset a lot of people. I understand that. But if you give this movie all the way through and you watch it and you still disagree with what I'm saying, then that's fine. But I think it really does have a powerful message about how blind hatred for a group of people is ridiculous. About how the fact that these adults in this boy's life was telling him all these garbage lies about this group of people and they turned out to be 100% false. And that's a message that I think should be out in the world that everyone needs to hear. That hatred, blind hatred, is 100% ridiculous and a waste of your time. And then if you look at people at a human level, you will find that there are more commonalities between groups of people than differences. What I think is interesting about the movie is that it tries to use humor to make the message easier to swallow, but then again, I found most of that humor to be pretty much ineffective. I mean, there were some times where I saw Taika Waititi play the imaginary Adolf Hitler, and I laughed, but I think he was in too much of the movie. What was effective about the movie was the actual real touching moments between Thomas and Mackenzie and Roman Griffin Davis, and I wanted more of that and less of the funny imaginary Adolf Hitler that some people probably find offensive. I thought that was in too much of this movie. I don't think I needed this movie to be a film that's easy pill to swallow. I think the tone of it is pretty effective and the humor not so much. Like the funniest performance in the movie comes from Scarlett Johansson. I mean that dancing scene and the scene where she pretends to be his father. That's what's funny. The imaginary fake Adolf Hitler thing was kind of not funny from the get go and was in the movie too much. I could have used more of the humor from Scarlett Johansson and less of it from Taika Waititi's imaginary Adolf. And yeah, there were some really funny moments between Roman Griffin Davis's character and Thomas and Mackenzie's character, but for the most part, there was more touching elements between those. Those were the scenes that worked best in this movie. That's why this movie is definitely worth the watch. Also, because of all the nonsense I heard from the Oscar season, I thought this movie would be way more problematic than it actually is. I think there's this idea that every award season, we pick a movie and we pick a new controversial movie that's not as controversial as I imagine. I mean, these past few seasons, there's been free billboards outside of Ebbing, Missouri. There's been Vice and there's been this. And interestingly enough, all three of those films had Sam Rockwell in them. I mean, he won the Oscar for free billboards. He was nominated for the Oscar for Vice and he's prominently in Jojo Rabbit. I don't think any of those movies are as problematic as these awards people make them out to be. Like, if you read what Jojo Rabbit is about, it might turn you off, but if you give the movie a real solid chance and watch all the way through, I think most people would enjoy this movie, and I think that came across. I mean, it did make $90 million. Roman Griffin Davis did get nominated for a Golden Globe. Scarlett Johansson did get nominated for an Oscar. I think for the most part, this was an enjoyable movie that had some iffy elements to it, but for the most part, it was a movie worth watching. Overall, Jojo Rabbit has a lot going for it. I mean, it has a great performance from a child actor in Roman Griffin Davis. Thomas and Mackenzie completely and utterly steals the movie. 
great movie stars in supporting roles with Scarlett Johansson and Sam Rockwell and one of the best directors working today who again is becoming mainstream Taika Waititi watch this guy's movies and Jojo Rabbit is an anti-hate movie that is a lot of fun for the most part and I th- again I think it's valuable to watch this dynamic between the Jojo character and Elsa on screen I thought that that was powerful and what worked best on screen Jojo Rabbit it is far from a perfect movie, but it was a lot better than I expected it to be, and I think it was a lot better than it had any right to be. I definitely recommend you check out Jojo Rabbit. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes, and this week I put the spotlight on the movies The Rental and Jojo Rabbit. Next week I'm putting the spotlight on actor Lucas Hedges and the movie An American American Pickle starring Seth Rogen. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. 